foolishly, Jim and I thought that after the checkered flag flew in Australia, the first race of the 2009 Formula One season was over. But the race stewards felt differently and managed to shuffle the driver's positions around well into Thursday of the following week. And if I'm not mistaken, that makes this the longest F1 race in history. After far too many people scrutinized far too much information, Yarnell truly again arrived at third place, reclaiming, again, his podium and points. Hamilton, however, got his hand slapped hard, or perhaps he was simply punted, because after a brilliant drive in an underachieving car, he walks away with zero points on account that he was disqualified from the race for, get this, lying. Leave it to the FIA to spend much time and effort improving the passing in Formula One competition, only to make it moot by finalizing all the racing in the courts. And let's not forget Vettel's 10-grid position penalty for wonderfully close racing with Kubica, and then apologizing for the mishap. Have they gone completely mad? And as a final swift kick to the lug nuts, the FAA has tainted the Malaysian Grand Prix before it even begins, as yet another controversy looms over three teams in the field. The decision as to whether Braun GPs, Williams, and Toyota's rear diffuser is legal or not will come a week after the race. Let us all pray to the great racing gods that the FIA will come to their senses and allow the racing to stay on the track. After all, we want to see if Braun GP can make it two in a row. We want to see Ferrari get angry and make up for a dismal first race. We want to see Weber outpace Vettel just to have Vettel get all Schumacher on us and win the next nine rounds straight. We want to see some racing for Pete's sake. Is that too much to ask? We find out. This is the F1 Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 47 for coverage of the 2009 Malaysian Grand Prix. I'm Robin Warner. And I'm Jim Lau. And before we get into Malaysian coverage, there's a lot to talk about still from Australia. That's right. It's happened in the last week. Um, as we brought to you last time, the, there's the whole situation with the third place finish. Um, it was truly, then it was Hamilton. Um, long story short... It, and when we left you... Yeah, when we left you... It, it was Hamilton. Hamilton had third, third spot. truly had a 25-second penalty. Which put him 12th. 13th yeah, or something. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yes. Um, so... After that, so they had a stewards meeting, um, and Hamilton was actually disqualified um, from, you know, from all the races, or, or, or from all the races, from uh, from all the results. Um, actually, McLaren was disqualified because Heckey Kovalainen crashed out. That had no effect on Heckey's points. Yeah. But um, Hamilton's third place was nullified. Um, Truly's penalty was revoked. Um, so as it stands now, and hopefully will not change again, um, Yarno Truly, Truly is third spot. Gets to keep his trophy. Yes. Um, but what a what a tainted trophy that is! And this happened. That's that was a second uh, meeting with the safety stewards. That this went down where McLaren uh, and Hamilton lost their points. That was a second meeting from them, and that happened Thursday afternoon in Malaysia. Yes. Um, and then, so as a result of that, um, there was confusion because uh, Hamilton told some of the TV interviews one thing, and then he went to the stewards meeting and told them something else about um, you know he was whether or not you know they team had told him to pass um, a truly, you know, back to repass him under the safety car. Right, and, right. Uh, and actually, as a result of that, because of that disparity between what Hamilton originally said to the TV crews and then what he said to the stewards, uh, that's why they had the second meeting. And 
Turns out that uh, his the sporting director at McLaren actually told Hamilton to withhold this information in the stewards meeting, and that has since gotten gotten Dave Ryan, the sporting director for McLaren, suspended. So not officially fired. And that was a decision by McLaren, but that that wasn't that wasn't the FIA. That was McLaren themselves suspending Dave Ryan for making that decision. Yes, and Hamilton actually had a press conference um, to sort of just try to clear things up a little bit and saying, you know, he was told he was supposed to say certain things and uh, he's deeply sorry um, to everyone involved. And I guess personally, I, it, it's sort of so complicated that I'm not, I'm not like mad at Hamilton anymore. No, or, I, I mean, it's just, it's like the whole, the whole idea that McLaren try to take this to their advantage when ultimately it was like, it was truly his mistake in the beginning that kind of started all this. Well, that's the unfortunate thing. If you just look at the objective facts of what actually happened, Hamilton should have finished third in my mind. You know what I mean? And because of all this just frankly nonsense by everyone's by everyone's uh, doing, it, it's turned into this whole mess. And I just think it's ridiculous because truly went off track, Hamilton passed him, and that was that. And at the end of the day, all what was all that was really happening was a debate on the radio between Hamilton and his team, the team at first said, hey, you should probably let him go by. And Hamilton said, wait a second, I don't think I need to. Um, you know, he went off track. And there was just it was just a discussion. It just turned into this whole mess. And I, I personally feel bad for Hamilton. And I think the decision by the Stewarts was extreme because, uh, you know, they had ultimately, as far as I understand it, they had access to the radio communication. Yep. They had... All the video footage they could ever use, they had telemetry from both cars. They could sort this stuff out themselves. And I just feel like uh, this not telling us the whole truth thing is just stretching things quite a bit. I mean, that's my personal opinion. I agree. So anyway, that's done now. Um, they're, speaking of ridiculous steward decisions, um, Vettel's penalty, because you remember in the closing laps of, of, of Australia, uh, Vettel, you know, crashed into, or Kubica and Vettel got together. Right. Both of them ended up out of the race. Which Jim and I pretty much agree was more Kubica's fault than anything. Right. And, at the, you know, if you had to assign blame, we agree it'd be Kubica, but at its hardest, it's a racing incident. I mean, both absolutely. guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Both guys trying really hard. Obviously, they're both for position. Which we for second We were place. at the edge of our seats when that yes, happened. And it was great racing. So not only the 10 spot grid penalty, but also, um, Vettel had to deal with the $50,000 fine for driving away after that crash on three wheels with a car that, you know, he may have been able to limp back to the pits. He ended up crashing off. Um, but I have two issues with that. Well, why don't they just black flag the guy? Exactly. If you have an issue with the guy on the track, black flag him, meatball him, give him the signal that you don't want him on the track. As far as I know, it's not that... He was black flagged and he ignored it. Yeah, that would, was, that would, that would be a totally reasonable penalty. If he right. ignored flags, right. there's no question there. And penalize him, you know, penalize him on the track. Don't penalize – you know, this $50,000 for running on three wheels, that is nothing more than a bank, apo- bank account padding, Is if you ask me. That, that was just the silliest thing. I mean, okay, the silliest thing was the 10-spot grid penalty. That's just utterly ridiculous. But to add salt in the wound for a $50,000 penalty just because he's trying to at least finish the race – they're behind. They're behind the safety car. He's not racing. Yeah. He's not endangering people, other than himself, perhaps. But it's just I, I, that whole episode was just ridiculous. Yeah. So anyway, that you know, Vettel did have to carry out his uh, his ten ten uh, spot penalty right in at, qualifying at, today. In the when, last, when, when we when we talked last week, 
at, during the week, this past week, there was talk about, well, they might lift that penalty and they might not. Right. And even Bernie Ecclestone disagrees with the penalty. He says, yeah, That's he never should have been penalized. Is. Because this, this um, makes other drivers scared to make any dangerous moves then. If, if you're worried about, you know, not only... Uh, you know, you, you want to get the position. You're worried about crashing the, to, into the guy next to you. Obviously, you know, everyone, you know, no one wants to just plow anyone else off the road. Um, but now you have to worry about what am I, if I'm going to be penalized in addition to actually crashing out of the race? You know, it, it's it's a disincentive for drivers to want to, you know, make, you know, m- interesting moves that make good racing for us to watch. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. you know, I don't think outside of the stewards meeting, I don't think anyone really agrees with this penalty. I don't think even Kubica, I mean, I guess BMW said, oh, it cost us the win. But at the same time, you know, it cost Vettel any points as well. Right. And, and it didn't cost him the win anyway. I, I, I don't yeah, that's, I think that's, that's a hypothetical bit ambitious anyway. anyway. Um, the last penalty um, to, to wrap up from um, Australia was that, uh, unfortunately, Rubens Barrichello had to change his gearbox, which is uh, a five-spot penalty. So he, uh, wherever he qualified today in Malaysia, had to start five spots back from that. And that was just uh, no drama to that, but just, uh, you know, he changed his gearbox, five spots. It happened. It happens. So... That wraps up everything from Australia. Thank you. Let's God. get into Malaysia. When it rains, it pours, especially in Malaysia late in the day. In fact, they experienced such a monsoon that the FIA cut the race short with 23 laps to go. And after a well-fought, tough race, Heki Kovalainen wins the Malaysian... Sorry, sorry, just kidding. He crashed out on the first lap again. No, in fact, it was Jensen Button who claims his and Braun GP's second win in as many tries. On track, he was followed by Timo Glock in the Toyota. But thanks to funny Formula One rules, he's demoted to the bottom step of the podium, allowing quick Nick Heidfeld to step up and represent BMW Sauber in second. Fourth place went to Glock's teammate, Yarno Trulli, a slight disappointment considering his impressive outside pole qualifying position. Conversely, Rubens Barrichello can be happy to grab fifth, placing Braun GP firmly in the Constructors' points lead with two races behind him. Mark Webber had a collision-free race for a change and finished sixth, well ahead of his teammate Vettel, who couldn't quite keep his nose pointed straight today. Seventh place goes to McLaren driver Lewis Hamilton. But don't worry, the FIA will figure out a way to disqualify him before China. And that will promote Nico Rosberg up a spot. He finished eighth for Williams. So, Jim, how many pit stops does it take to get the right set of tires? That is is the million-dollar question, and... uh... Jensen Button evidently got it right, although... He got it wrong, like, four times. Yeah, I mean, no one... I guess no one really got it brilliant. Timo Glock, I think, benefited the most from from the call to go to intermediate tires when they first started to get some rain going. Yeah, um, so we, we need to first take a step back and explain that. First of all, qualifying, pretty impressive. Uh, Button, once again, was on fire. But then Yarno truly kept him honest yeah, in the Toyota. Yeah, I, I actually was, was uh, my, you know, we did a little quick predictions. Unfortunately, we didn't bring those to you at the end of last week. Uh, we'll, we'll fix that for this week. But um, Yeah, we brought we brought championship predictions instead of race predictions last week. So right. this, this time we'll bring race predictions. Okay, so, um, yeah, so I actually thought uh, Yarno Trulli, you know, hey, why not? You know, I've got my uh, dusted off my Yarno Trulli t-shirt and I uh, got that going. <laughs> and uh, he, you know, ended up qualifying very well. I mean, qualified outside pole and, uh, you know, just did a, a great job there, um, but Jensen Button, man, the Braun GP car is it's something. Is really it's it's for real, and I think uh, some of the discussion was saying that the diffuser on the back of the cars that have this, you know, the the, the deeper diffuser, um, 
makes a bigger difference here than it even would have in Melbourne with some faster speeds and uh, you know these long straights and everything. The diffuser really will be helping him out. Sure. And evidently it was. I mean, you know, Braun and Toyota are both uh, diffuser diffuser cars. That being said, third place qualifying, Sebastian Vettel. Yes, in the uh, in the Red Bull um, and. Uh, you know, lower down, I mean way lower down, uh, Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. Massa um, was actually knocked out in Q1. He started 16th uh, because it was just a strategic, a strategic error. He put in a good fast lap early Yeah, on. he was fifth place with five minutes to go or something. And they put him in the garage and said, all right, that's good. Um, you know, there's no way we're going to get bumped. And the track was getting so much faster over the, ne- over the rest of the session that he ended up 16th. Which is just kind of amazing. And I guess the way, you know, the weather in Malaysia, which obviously comes into play later on in the race as well, you know, it had rained that morning. So probably a lot of the rubber was, was, was washed off the track. Uh-huh, it was pretty uh-huh. green. And there's a pretty dramatic difference as the temperatures warmed up and as the rubber got laid down. So by the time the Ferrari guys realized uh, that, you know, that he wasn't gonna, he was on the bubble and then knocked out, there was just not enough time to get him back out on track. So a pretty surprising strategic blunder for Ferrari. I mean, you, yeah, you'd think they'd be on shame. top of that. I mean, Certainly, that is something that would catch them off guard. But hey, you're not the powerhouse team this year. You need to be a little bit more on top of the yeah. things. And that and that being said, that I was amazed how consistently Kimi Raikkonen was out early in the different qualifying sessions. Kimi did make it all the way to Q3. He only ended up qualifying ninth, uh, but because of penalties, ended up seventh uh, in the grid. But he was out pretty early every time in each qualifying session, which is very un Ferrari like. And it was actually. Uh, uh, Yarno truly that was really waiting late and really pushing the timing. And Nico Rosberg was doing that as well. Yeah, Nico so. was running really well. Actually qualified sixth, and uh, and you know which then got moved up to be starting fourth um, with uh, with Barrichello's penalty and Vettel's penalty and pushing them back. And uh, you and know that resulted in him leading the race. Yeah, he was doing really. He had a really good run, but by the time um, the pit stops shuffled through and everyone took multiple pit stops to change, almost so so everyone's going along um, and. You know, Jensen actually had a had a poor start. Um, I don't know, quite you know, bogged off the line or had too much wheel spin or, or, or something. Um, but yeah, it was Nico Rosberg that was running away with it at the beginning yeah, of the race. Nico had a killer launch. He just seemed to hook up and he was off like a shot. Uh, Jensen Button uh, in the post race interview said that he just could not get the rear tires to hook up. He had a lot of rear wheel spin and uh, and just it suffered a little bit. But uh, at the beginning of the race. It was completely dry. It was hot, just like you'd expect in Malaysia. But in the distance, you could see some really dark clouds looming. Yes. And so it was pretty much known that it was going to rain sometime in that race. They weren't exactly sure when. Yeah, they were uh, predicting they, anywhere between 10 and 20 minutes into the race. I yep. think it ended up being longer than that. It was, it was quite a bit longer than that. But uh, it took uh, – Button, who was on pole, ended up uh, after first corner's shuffles was uh, in fourth place. Yeah. And to his credit, uh, Button, not only did he qualify on pole, he, when he lost fourth, he slowly but surely made passes and got back up to first place. I mean, I think he did a very remarkable job. Yeah, this wasn't just getting lucky because of the rain. It was right. a really good drive from him. He had a respectable amount of fuel on board his car. Yes. And he was aggressive. He made good passes. He was clean. I mean, he drove very, very well. So uh, you got to credit button uh he he really set up and once again you know out outpacing barrichello yes not hugely so but enough but notably so yeah notably so um when we don't have to give a whole lot of credit to 
Heki Kovalainen. Oh, my goodness. He has not yet completed a lap in Formula 1 in 2009. And this one, unlike last weekend, was completely on his own. Yes. Um, we saw onboard footage from, I think it was from Massa's car, someone else there. Um, he just, like, just lost it, started to lose it, overcorrected, and just looped himself, just went up right off the track. Absolutely. I mean, unaided, just kind of, it, it just got it wrong. Just goofy. Yeah, it was just kind of strange. And uh, so Heki Kovalainen, yeah, he got a you know first turn or second corner or something like that, and he, he was off. Um, and later on, a, uh, Robert Kubica, unfortunately, had a mechanical failure and you know parked the car, and it was on fire. And I don't think that was his fault, but uh, the car just let him down. Yep. So that was another disastrous result for yeah. Kubica, yeah. Um, which perhaps Weber passed on his luck to Kubica. Yeah. That, that's, that is unfortunate. And yeah, obviously, you know, if I – you know, tipped Kubica for the championship. This is another strike against that, having two zero-point yeah. finishes in a row. Yeah. But uh, I guess we still got plenty of races left in the season. Okay, so so the, uh, you know, the the, the race is going on. Um, you know, after the first lap, Kubica's out, Kovalainen's out, um, and the clouds are getting closer. Things are starting. A couple of, dri- couple of drivers that were on three-stop strategies had to right. stop and take tires. They've got more more soft, I don't, dry I, I don't tires I don't think on. anyone was doing a three-stop strategy. I think everyone just ended up doing three stops. I, I think it was pretty much two-stop strategy for everybody. Okay. It's just some people had less fuel than others. Sure. So, and they, they wanted to wait till the rain came so they could just swap to rain tires when they had their pit stop. But, but they just couldn't. They yeah, so out a of lot of the drivers, and I don't have them exactly which one, but you know, the vast majority of the field did, you know, stop and you know, switch off from the soft tires, which were the tires to use in the dry conditions, um, onto more soft tires and went back out. Yep. Stayed and uh, until it, it was, you know, getting, you know, the rain was looking pretty, you know, ominous, and uh, and. Kimi Raikkonen, of all people, in the Ferrari, is the first to switch to wet tires, but not intermediate, to the full, serious, wet tires. But here's the thing. Kimi Raikkonen did this. It was right around lap 20, maybe lap 19, and he it was his first pit stop, mm-hmm. and it was still bone dry, and he swapped to the full wets. Now, here's the thing. It did start raining, so that did save them about 30 seconds worth of making a second pit stop to switch to the rain. Right. And if it had, if if the moment he pulled out of the pits, the downpour arrived, he would have been money. That would have been great. That but he been was about fifth, sixth place when he pitted. He came out because he was on full wets on a dry track. He was thirty seconds slower a lap. Yes, so on those tires. And Ferrari it was a good gambled four and laps. Lost. It was a good four laps before it started raining at all. Mm-hmm. And when it did start raining, it didn't downpour. It it, it just started getting wet. Intermediates yes. would have been the tire at that point. And, and so even after Kimi's pit stop, we saw other cars come into the pits, I think including Button and a couple other the front runners, right. and put on more dry tires, just kind of disagreeing with Ferrari's forecast, saying, you know, Ferrari was banking on the range just starting any second now. Oh, boy, did they bank wrong. And, uh, and they, they definitely got that wrong. So we saw other drivers come in for wet, uh, for, for replacement dry tires. Um, and once the rain did start, um, just even, you know, just a little bit, Almost all the teams, almost all the cars came in and put full wets on the car. And I personally was really surprised, and we were talking about this. Why are people going to intermediate? Right. You know, it's not pouring down crazy rain. It was it was starting to rain. But and this time around, everyone was assuming because it's Malaysia, because it's such a humid place, because it rains late in the day on a regular basis, they assumed a downpour. Yes. And it just did not come. Right. So Timo Glock is the one, actually, that got this right and went to intermediates first while it was in intermediate conditions and, and got it right and, and was just doing, having a great run. I mean, he, he was, was like eight, ten seconds yeah. a lap faster than, say, than the rest of the field. Ten seconds a lap faster than a lot of people. Yes. And, uh, and then so a couple of the drivers on wet tires were out on wets 
for a couple of laps and then came in to go to intermediates, including, including Jensen Button, our boy Jensen Button. Yeah, it was and, just yeah. amazing. And uh, and I mean, I don't have a list of all the pits in front of me, but man, it was it I was think crazy. The average, was, yeah, the average. I mean, it was at least three pit stops for everybody. Some people had four, and there were. I mean, there was a point in time. Uh, as the, as the rain was going on, Jensen was on full wets, but Glock was catching him. So he came into the pits and got intermediates put on. He did a warm, he did a outlap with the intermediates, a full lap with the intermediates, and then it started pouring, and he had to go back into the pits and uh, do uh, and get his full wets put back on. So he only got one complete lap with the intermediates on the car. Yeah, and um, so uh, Jensen's pit strategy, your tire strategy, who had, had a, a stint with softs, an, another set of softs, then wets, then intermediates, then wets again. Absolutely, that's, um, and that's exactly right. And, uh, and a lot of the drivers, actually, that you know, Mark Weber is exactly the same. Uh, Nico Rosberg is the same. Yarno Trulli is the same. You know, they went... They had. They already did a pit stop was to get to more softs. They had. They went to wets and they went back to intermediates. Um, but Timo, for example, was just you know he, he started on softs. He got another set of softs. Then he went to intermediates and then only once it really the track was really really wet and the rain was really coming down. Then he went to full wet tires. And that was the proper progression. Yes. And I what, think given given more a few more laps of the race, um, I think uh, Timo Glock really could have could have done something. I mean, once once it was really wet, you know, then it's everyone's got to be on wet tires. That right. advantage was kind of lost, but but that's the unfortunate thing. Once it went to full wets, once everyone went back to full wets, Jensen Button, he did that and he retained the lead, which was, you know, again, pretty impressive. Uh, yeah. Once once that he went back to full wets, the rain became so heavy that very quickly the safety car came out and in another lap, uh, the cars came to an absolute stop. They suspended the race. And uh, 45 minutes later, they called it. They said, we're not restarting this race. Even even though the rain's letting up, it's just too dark. Yes. And there's just no point in rerunning. Which brings up two points. Um, first is because the race was, it was a 56-lap race, they had 23 laps to go. So it was more than half distance, but it was less than three-quarters distance completed, meaning that uh, all the points are actually half points. It's 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 not considered a full race. It's considered a half race until they get to three quarters of the way. At which point they could consider it full points. So that means that Jensen Button, for his victory, scored five points today, not ten. And you can split everyone uh, everyone's points in half. And so that's how that went down. But the second thing that that brings up is what the f were. Bernie Ecclestone and Max Mosley thinking with doing all these five o'clock races. Well, it's, we know that they, they, they wanted to make it a more reasonable time for the European viewing audience. But did they even consider the downsides? Yeah, because I think everyone knows in Malaysia it rains late in the day in the afternoon, and they and the it's reason this the reason time they, of year especially. Yeah, and the reason they stopped the race was part. I mean, obviously, you know, they suspended the race because of the heavy rain, but then they had to stop it because they figured by the time we get this going again, it's going to be too dark, and it's obviously not a night circuit. They don't have all the lights and everything like Singapore, exactly. so no way they can do that. So it was just kind of, um, I, I mean, through us sitting on the couch with TiVo wasn't a, you know a horrible way to go. But if you're in the stands and you're waiting there, the rain's you're pouring getting down. Rained on the you're like, all right, time. it's suspended. It might start back up. Oh, it's kind of getting dark, you know. And then they, then you just come over the radio and say, oh, sorry, race is over. Hey, it's a button. Yeah. You know, you'd be you'd be pissed, you know. A little <laughs> bit, a little bit. And it, it just makes me mad because there were some obvious, uh, obvious uh, problems with Australia being so late in the day. Yeah, with the sun in everyone's Suns eyes, in everyone's and eyes. That was a real issue yeah. with everything else. And now this. So I really hope that they've learned their lesson. And uh, I hope our friends in Europe can uh, deal with you know the race not being right in the afternoon for you guys. Yeah. Because frankly, uh, for us 
a few people in the states that like to watch the race. The Malaysian race was live at four thirty in the morning. So yeah, I thank mean, you very much. We can deal. We can do without that. Yeah, so. Brazil, we can get it at near. You know, we can watch in real time in the yeah. afternoon. And then Japan and China. Sometimes we can stay up really late to watch those. Yeah, but other than all, all the other races, just come out at screwball times, really, really early in the morning, um, or really late at night, depending on your schedule. Right. And uh, so we're we're screwed either way. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So um, anyway, if we cannot do that, and the other interesting point about this is Jensen Button has now won two races in a row, but he has not taken a checkered flag yet. Yeah, it, both times have been behind the safety car, or I guess the second or time stopped. It was, yeah, or stopped. it was actually quite funny because they were getting they were getting into the car, getting ready to go again. Button was getting his helmet back on. They were starting to debrief with their engineers finally and all this kind of stuff. And then it was just basically a tap on the shoulder. No, 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 get back out of the car. You're done. It was just the whole race was confused, whether it be pit stops. You know, with strategy or the FIA uh, making decisions, the whole thing was just confused. Right. So the good news, I, I think we can go ahead and say um, there are not any pending investigations about the Malaysian race. I Crossing don't think my fingers. anything – well, I guess the, the one investigation that's going to happen between now and the next time you hear from us from China – is the diffuser um, that the whole oh, yeah. you know getting together at the conference on the diffuser issue? That's so at least Toyota, that, Williams, and Braun GP yes. with their super slick rear diffuser. So I think for Unity's sake, um, the the prevailing opinion in, uh, right now is that the diffuser will be deemed to be okay. The other teams will probably work to catch up and design their own diffusers and yep. add them to the cars, uh-huh. and uh, you know that should be okay. But um, it's possible it could go the other way. I don't know what the <coughs> What the correction would be, I mean, if they determined, okay, you guys were all racing with illegal diffusers, would they disqualify Braun from the first two races? I mean, that would be so terrible. Sure, why to not? To change all that, you know? Why not? So beyond that, though, no no new incidents have come up. I mean, it was definitely just a crazy race. There were times we didn't have a leaderboard on screen. It was just near impossible to figure out who's in what order because right. everyone's taking pit stops and coming in and out, and it was really complicated. Um, unfortunately... Um, Nico Rosberg really lost out just because he happened to have taken a pit stop and was later in the order when the, when the rain became really heavy. So um, he deserved, I think, a better result today. But uh, yeah, and, and that's, so but that's what that's, that's the rain, you that's, know. But here's the thing, and that's the other thing I want to talk about. Timo Glock got host. I mean, yeah, you know, I don't understand this. It, the the way uh, FAA works is if they stop the race, then it's the last completed lap. Yes, and those positions that count. As um, as as the, the uh, racing grid yeah. position, and uh, Glock had passed Heidfeld after the last completed lap. I don't understand why that isn't a valid pass. You know what I mean? He was under green flag racing. He passed him. It's valid. I, I just think it's it's an unfortunate rule. And uh, I remember a couple years back. Maybe it was three or four years by now. Uh, Fisichella was racing for Jordan at the time, and it was Brazil, and it was rained out. And um, he won the race, but because of the way the uh, uh, the rules worked, uh, Raikkonen was credited for the race win, and Raikkonen got to the top of the podium, sprayed champagne, everything else. And then five days later, the FIA looked at it again and said, "Oh no, wait!" Because didn't Fisichella crash did win after so, that? It was because because his car had been crashed or, or something? something like yeah, that. Yeah, just, yeah, but but then a week later. They had this tiny little ceremony where Ray, Raikkonen's giving Fisichella the, the, the trophy back. That's just – Yeah. you know, And it's all because of this stupid rule. I, I just don't like it. Okay. So we had an abbreviated race today. Um, it was just a little over half distance, 31 laps completed. Um, so we've kind of got a, an abbreviated uh, Formula 1 show. I mean there's just half the racing, half the much stuff to talk about. Um, 
But we do have plenty. We have been getting some some good feedback from uh, you guys, our listeners. Fantastic feedback. So, um, the, and just to recap, we get uh, on the Facebook page. Um, just go to f1show.com and click on Facebook link there. You can you can feedback on the F1 Show page. There's a, you know a lot of people talking there. You can send us email to feedback at f1show.com or uh, simply just reply to the the, uh, the blog posts that uh, that come up. Um, but let's hear from the fans this week and this week's feature of listener feedback. Alrighty, we had an interesting email from Paul Peard who shares our sentiment um, against the stewards and penalties meddling with the race results. Uh-huh. Um, he has a very well-written email. Um, basically, the, the bottom line is, um, you know, doesn't matter who you support and all that. Let's see everybody race. You know, it's yep. not. It's not. I think you know, penalize those guys and oh, I hate Ferrari, so penalize them. And I love McLaren. It's not that. It's just like whatever happens. This should be people, you know, everyone trying their hardest to pass each other on track, to finish first, and should not be messed with after the result. Right. And this whole penalty, um, they share our sentiment. I mean, I mean, Paul, I think, is in pretty much in agreement with, with Robin and myself that um, to penalize Vettel was totally the wrong thing to do because um, – it makes other guys not want to try as hard. And that's right. basically, you know, like, like he says in here, um, you know, can't remember any really good pass for the lead that wasn't dealt with some kind of a protest or some kind of a stewards right, meeting, right. you know, and penalty. So, and why would you go through all this time, work and effort to improve the car's ability to pass each other, just to sterilize everyone through, you know, safety stewards and courts and all this kind of stuff. It's just, it, it's just, insane. it's like undoing what all the, all the working groups and everything have done to try to make the racing more competitive, try Absolutely. to make the cars able to run close to each other, Absolutely. have a bigger difference in the tires to make racing more interesting. All those things are all null if the guys don't want to use those. So, so, and Paul, to answer your question, these things, yes, these things do happen in Indian NASCAR, but I would say, especially this season, not, not nearly as Not often. to the extent we've seen here. In yeah. NASCAR, you get things like debris on the track, and uh, if, you know, sometimes there's suspicion that if, uh, you know, Jimmy Johnson's built up a big lead in front and, you know, green flag racing, he's pulled a nice gap. Oh, debris on the track, tightens everyone up, brings him to the yellow, tightens everybody, kind of restarts the race in the sense, gives people the opportunity to pass again. Um, and some of these things like that, but it's almost never, uh, it's very rare that uh, a, a final grid position race finish is changed by decisions after the race. That's that's extremely rare here in the States. However, uh, you know, that being said, uh, you know, Jim and I watch F1. I mean, there's a multitude of reasons that F1 is superior to the racing we have here, at least, you know, NASCAR and IndyCar. Um, but I think the most compelling thing, and I hope Bernie Ecclestone's listening to this, Paul closes his email by saying, I will probably stick with F1 this season, but only because part of me thinks that it might be the last one before the sport implodes. We certainly hope that it's not. I mean, we hope that this, you know F1 continues on to be great, but yeah, but I mean, it's, 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 it's a bit it's, dicey. It's a real sentiment, and I don't think Paul's alone in feeling that. So I, I, think, that's a, I think that's something that... Uh, those guys should consider seriously. Okay. Um, another uh, great piece of feedback we got was actually on the blog itself uh, by George N., who lists himself as a McLaren fan. Um, he says, um, you know, it's a comment that's really more venting his frustration at the so-called uh, professionals, is <laughs> that um, for him it's no surprise at all that the Bronze were really fast and Williams were really fast um, because everyone seems to ignore the fact that McLaren and Ferrari expended all their resources in the tail of last year trying to win the 08 season. Well, 
uh, these slower teams had already kind of given up on 08, already fo- started focusing on 09, right. which in hindsight was really the right thing to do with so many rule changes, totally different aerodynamics. Sure. Um, you know, the engine's not that different, but um, so much work to be done and so much testing that, you know, Honda at the time um, doing so much development into the car starting really, really early in the season to develop that, um, it's kind of like... Well, of course they're going to be fast. They started developing this car much sooner, where Ferrari and McLaren were battling right to the end and focusing all their efforts on, sure. on the 2008 season. So I think sure. that's that's a, a you know it's a, it's a very valid point. There's there's a couple things though uh, that I would add to that, which is uh, it's happened before where both Toyota and Honda and some other teams have said, "Screw it, this car's no good. We're going to stop developing it for this year, and we're going to focus on next year's car." And next year's car was still no good. So it it, it certainly even though uh, developing early certainly helps their chances, gives them more time to develop a good car, it is by no means a guarantee. I mean, for 2008, they scrapped development on the for Honda. Yeah. They scrapped development on the 2007 car pretty that. early yeah. and uh, started focusing on 2008. And the 2008 car was worse than the 2007 car. So, you know, it, it, it certainly isn't a guarantee. So I think your point's very valid. I just want to say... That that's not the only reason why Braun GP is doing so well, right? And if that, if that's all it took for any of the teams, of course, you know they they would all do that. But at the same time, it's it's something that's worth mentioning, and you know didn't get a lot of press coverage. Um, the other the other point he uh, he wanted to point out was. Uh, I guess is one of the English commentators on the BBC coverage. We didn't get that here. Um, but talking about Lewis, um, you know, reconsidering his contract with McLaren after uh, really, you know, showing now that the McLarens are really down um, compared to the rest of the with the rest of the field, right. and that's actually um, you know made a bigger deal in the in the week since, um, which with all these penalties and everything going back and forth, and you right. know, and that was that was almost stemmed by Lewis's dad, Anthony, more than Lewis himself. Yeah, but even you know Hamilton having to lie or supposedly having to lie in front of the stewards, you know. On the recommendation of his team, and the guy that told him to do that is now fired. Uh, it's suspended. Like, suspended. Suspended. Right. Uh, so, you know whether whether Lewis is just going to jump ship and and go to somewhere else. I mean, I really, I really can't imagine that happening now. I mean, there's all these net reports no, now. There, there was there were just, some rumors. There's just steam. It's just steam. But yeah, I mean, I think you know someone cuts you off on the highway and you think about, yeah, I'm going to shoot this person, but you don't do it. You know, you just, well, wait, 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 wait. Not all Americans think that don't give us a bad, don't give us a bad name. Okay. I've never actually wanted to shoot someone on the highway, but just as an example. Right. Um, And I have a question though. Yes. What's a plonker? Uh, We'll leave that to the British audience. What a complete and utter plonker. Yeah. Okay. What's a plonker? Um, Anyway, anyway, that's uh, thanks for the comments there. Um, no we got answer. some other comments from from PK07 and Nick Fine. on the uh, on the I'm blog. In, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm, English. I'm being ignored right now. I want everyone to know that I'm being ignored right now. I still don't know what a plonker is. Okay, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm putting that to the English the English audience. Maybe they can answer that for us. Okay. So, okay. do we want to uh, give Tim Meekins yet another shout out? He's the punny guy. <laughs> So uh, not only did we mention you in the last podcast, we're mentioning you again in this podcast because you thanked us for mentioning you in the last podcast. It's like a twofer. It's a vicious cycle. It's, it's <laughs> eventually you're going to get sick of this. But uh, yeah, it's uh, you know it's it's great that you uh, like the uh, pre race pre show introduction. I appreciate that. And uh, uh, no, we do honestly. We appreciate we appreciate the comments and the puns. It, it's all good fun, and that's why we are here. Also, Jordan Danger Brown, yes. um, Danger as always, had Brown. some uh, some good comments on the Facebook feed. And if you're not part of the Facebook group, by all means, check it out. I mean, just search for F1 Show on Facebook, um, or or just go to our website and click through. It is um, where all the cool people hang out. Again, you can also just send an email to feedback at f1show.com, 
or just go directly to our website, f1show.com, and you can reply to the uh, shows individually there. That does it for our listener feedback. The next feature we have for you is our trivia. Trivia, 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 trivia. Okay, so last week we talked about uh, the very first British winner in the Formula One World Championship. Right, 1950 on. So unfortunately, it was not one of the Bentley boys from the early 30s. Yes. Um, we had one one proper response. Yeah, James Payne had uh, had a guess for us, and that was Mike Hawthorne winning the 1953 French Grand Prix. And he is absolutely correct. So give James Payne a round of applause, everybody. All right. So, yes, uh, absolutely. It was Mike Hawthorne in the 1953 French Grand Prix. And for those of you who knew that and did not look it up in Wikipedia, I applaud you. That is good knowledge. So, anyway, that brings us to uh, another round of trivia. What do you got for us this week? Oh, I've got a doozy. I'm actually quite proud of this. I one. don't even know this one yet, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to be I'm gonna be playing along with all of you at home. <laughs> okay, so uh, the first Formula One race at the Seapain Circuit in Malaysia was won by Eddie Irvine in a Ferrari in 1999. The question is, when did Eddie Irvine make his Hollywood debut, and what was the name of the movie, and what was he thinking? <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, that's a three banger there. That's, that's, that's a three part question. Uh, you know, it's it's amazing what the internet will tell you if you start digging. And I, I guess so. <laughs> and so, so vaguely Formula One related. Vaguely Formula One related. Uh, uh, Eddie Irvine again won the very first uh, race in Malaysia, which was in 1999 at the Sepang Circuit. So, okay, there you have it. And uh, again, you can any of those ways we talked yep. about to send us feedback, comments. Hit us up. Let us know. Give us a phone call. I don't call. even know this yet, so I'm going to go uh, look yeah, at it a little yeah. bit. I, I, can, I can honestly say I do not know that off the top of my head. So if, I, if I know honestly, it, it's because I looked it up. Other than finding out for the day, uh, for the F1 show, there is no reason you should know this. Okay. Okay. All right, good. And <laughs> the last bit of our show for you today, our predictions. It is prediction times. Okay, so last week what we did was we predicted who was going to be world champion. So far, it's going fantastic for the so both far, of us. It's either, it's either what? It's either Hamilton or or Kubica. Kubica. Um, Neither of which have scored any points. Yeah, um, Hamilton currently. No, wait, no, Hamilton got one point today, didn't he? Oh yeah, but yeah. that's going to be taken okay, away. So Hamilton's I'm in tenth, and Kubica's in nineteenth. So yeah, that's okay. really going so well. So I am ahead for, of you for our predictions. I am ahead you of you. Quite. Quite far ahead of me right now. But and uh, one point for this race, we didn't say it on the podcast last time, but actually, uh, we did make predictions. And uh, we that, did. I had Jensen for. Or, no, I didn't. Well, actually, it was it was really fascinating. We both predicted the exact same thing. We said, uh, Jim and I both said this after last Sunday. This was last Sunday. Remember, we were talking after we did the podcast, and we said we both think Button's going to be on pole. And win the race, but the race is going to be shortened by rain. We, we, figured, we, we, figured, we figured between 30 and 32 laps would yeah, be where it would ish. end. Turned out it was 31, so yeah. we so had we a were, range. We were dead nuts perfect, but we were, we were awfully close. Yeah. And uh, I think I said it a little bit before Jim. So Jim owes me a Coke. Oh, man. Yes. He owes me two Cokes now. I didn't get my last Coke. Oh, boy. So I actually predicted Yarno Truly, and uh, that didn't turn out well. It was close. I mean, it was close. but Yeah, uh, and I predicted... You say uh, Felipe Massa, I predicted I Hamilton, then I predicted Raikkonen, and then I said, no, wait, Kubica. No, it's going to be no, wait, no, no maybe it will be Button. Uh, then it was Nico Rosberg. For, okay, anyway. Yeah, anyway, I so, am not good at this game. But for next week, or two weeks from now, the Chinese yeah. Grand Prix. Chinese Grand Prix. What are you thinking? 
Ooh, on the hot seat here. Well, I mean, I have to tell you, it's really hard to bet against Button right now. I think he's hungry. He's been waiting for this opportunity for years to have a good car. I think Braun GP is proving that it's a good is a good car. I mean, Melbourne and uh, Malaysia are two very different circuits, uh, two different driving conditions, and the car was wicked quick. Both cases. I mean, fastest lap of the race in Malaysia. Jensen Button by over a second. Oh no, almost a second. A thirty-six, uh, a thirty-six-six versus Rubens Barrichello in a, as a as thirty-seven-four. He was a solid second faster than the first non-Braun car, which was Yarno Trulli in the Toyota. These, I, the Braun TP cars are good, and Button's fantastic. I think Button's hungry. I think he's absolutely loving life right now, and I don't see any reason why he can't carry this on and get another pole and another race win. Except when, all the way. except when Yarno truly goes and passes him and wins. <laughs> so that leaves you, Jim. Okay, that's what I'm saying, man. Uh, I think uh, I think we'll get Jensen on the pole because I mean, yeah, those cars are definitely wicked quick. But I think it's it. I'm, I'm sticking with my prediction from this week, and um, really, I, I think that you know, eventually, just through the course of strategy and luck and everything else that goes on in a race. Um, I, I think maybe it's Toyota's time to finally uh, get one, and I think who's going to be driving the winning? Toyota, I think it's going to be Yarno Truly. I think Yarno Truly. I, I do. And strange as that may sound, I'm going to I'm going to go with it. And if I'm right, I'll sound like I'm brilliant, and that's going to be you know rare. But hey, well, if you think Yarno Truly has a chance, maybe you should talk to him about getting a performance box because the F1 show is supported by the performance box, a GPS based lap timer, performance meter, and data logger. Perfect for any car nut or lug nut to use at track days, autocrosses, or to simply see what your car can do. That is your car, talking to you. Shipping worldwide from VBOX USA. For more info and the online store, go to performancedrift.com. You know, I never get tired of saying that. That's great, because I never get tired of hearing right it. Out That's wonderful. Brilliant. All right, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Again, keep up all the great uh, feedback and everything else. Thank you very and much for Thank that. you very it's much for wonderful. listening. I'm Jim Lau. And I'm Robin Warner. See ya.